Welcome listeners, I'm Chris, your host at Escape from Plan A. So we ended up recording this as a two-parter. The first part, which you'll listen to right now, is free. And if you enjoy it, you can listen to our second part, which will be available for our Patreon subscribers. Please become a subscriber at www.patreon.com slash planamag. Get bonus episodes, Discord access, and you'll just be part of the family. So please enjoy. Everyone, another episode of Escape from Plan A for you. I'm here with the fellas, Teen and Jong. What's up? Hey. Hello. And we could have had an in-person pod for you, but Teen was being very uncool, and <laughs> so we have to do it remotely. I don't um, do this in-person shit anymore, man. I don't go to the <laughs> office. I don't go see my friends. It's all remote. Just taking root in your apartment. Yeah, that's right. Become an ent very soon. Anyway, this episode was... We're going to talk about having... Uh, like a very Asian social circle, which I think came about because in the last free pod we did, which is about, uh, you know, just like Asian region, Asian American regionality. I think teen, you were asking Jong about just kind of like who he hung out with since coming to New York. And Jong said he pretty much only hangs out with Asian people. And I think that's something that a lot of Asian Americans either can relate to because they do it or they have like a visceral reaction against it. They have, yeah. you know, they, they're like, oh, why, why would you do that? And I can't believe we have not talked about this. I, I has it, We've done almost 400 episodes. We have not <laughs> talked about this. It's, it's it came to my- me. It came to me one night. I was like, uh, like two gummies in. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I, the reason I thought of it was, yeah, it was kind of like when Jong had said that. Because I think I said, Jong, I'm not presuming that you're only hanging out with Asian yeah. people. And he was said, yeah, actually I am. And it struck me that that was just a very casual way of putting it and that I never, I didn't give it a second thought. But then it kind of hit me like, you know, I think when I was younger, you know, may, there might have been, I don't know, I don't, I'm only speaking for myself, but I think there might have been a twinge of self-consciousness about that to be like, wait, do I need some like, do I need to mix it up? Do I need some white friends, some black friends? And, right. And I feel well. I don't know where things stand. I th- I, that's why, uh, Chris, what? I proposed the topic because I was like, "Have has this changed? Have we changed about you know? Like, where do things stand with that?" Was the was the twinge of, uh, related to the idea that is it kind of like, oh, I need to get out of the Asian ghetto? It if I only have Asian friends, then the assumption is that I can't integrate into society or can't relate to others outside of um yeah you're not cool enough that's the that's the mentality well for me it wasn't that i didn't didn't feel cool enough it just meant like am i being lazy and should i just try harder right you know and and should i like pay a little bit more attention to like my non-asian friends am i sometimes honestly i almost felt like am i discriminating against my white and (laughs) (laughs) white and black friends (laughs) and stuff you know um so i didn't think of it as social ghetto more like social lit comf- like it might hanging out at the dorm too much do you know that yeah, feeling the, when you're like really comfy of, the yeah, path the of dorm. least resistance yeah and like you know some people just really get nested like they just roost in that dorm right, right. and if i stayed in the dorm for like too long you know, I would be like you know i really need to get the fuck out of here and try harder because you know i don't want to just I, I don't using, want to be here for too long, you know. Are Whereas you using some, dorm metaphorically here, or no? Uh, well, kind of, but like you know, being like, especially at that age, like you're on this big college campus or whatever. I'm talking about like back in college, right? Um, where I there, I felt like this kind of internal, uh, almost obligation mm-hmm. to get out there, put myself out there. You know, and if I was only hanging out with like my Asian friends, which I did, I mean, I had predominantly Asian friends in college, but there were definitely times when I told myself, I was like, you know, you should try harder with some non-Asian people. Yeah. But it's not like, did you have a sense, like, are you saying hanging out the dorm too much, like Asians only hang out at the dorm or you're going out? Oh, oh, sorry. You're right. Yes. I was using that metaphorically, meaning like, 
Yeah, yeah, like hanging out with only Asian friends was akin to being for me. Like, am I just being too comfortable? Because like, it's you know, easy. Like, yeah, 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 no, yeah. I, yeah. Can, I can actually say I really thought that literally because it, it, in my freshman year, I, I became good friends with pretty much my hallway pe- uh-huh. people. My uh, just I live right next door to, and after maybe freshman year, you, this thing starts creeping in your mind. Am I just friends with them because it was convenient and? We just happen to live next to each other. Do would I have liked these people if we had met in any other way? And I, I, yeah, so I, on a literal level, it works as well. Often because yes, with yeah. with I think if especially if you kind of grow up in a more enclavey area, they are actually they are your neighbors, uh, your your parents, friends, kids, and your classmates, right? And and all that. Um, so all right, to to kick this off, then all right. Uh, since, John, what you said sparked this off, well, why don't we start with you and just like what your social tendencies are. And you, you say you come, since coming to New York, you pretty much exclusively hung out with other Asians. I'm assuming both Asian Americans and kind of like Asian internationals. Correct. Is that true? Oh, yeah. yeah uh, and is that just your preference? Have you always been like that? Or is it just something that has ha- happened to happen since you've been in New York City? It's not by design. Mm-hmm. So... It, you know, like, I think a large part of it is just sort of the, the oppor- like early on the opportunities, like the friend group, the friend, the friends that I've been making have been within kind of like Asian context, the, the largest number of them um, coming from this like language exchange where I'm going to, to practice my Korean. Mm-hmm. So obviously you're, you know, the like statistically speaking, it's just going to be kind of skewed towards Asian Americans um, and Asian internationals, specifically Korean internationals. But it is not an entirely Asian group. We have non-Asians as part of the group as well. It's just like ninety percent Asian, and then you know the rest are are, are an assortment. Um, though I will say, there's not many white people that hang out with us. Um, but again, Wait, so it's not, who, who are the non-Asians? Like what race are they? Uh, black, Hispanic. I see. Yeah. Um, uh, and before you came to New York city, was that also like, what was your like social group makeup? Damn. Let's see. Before I came, by the way, are those uh black and Latino? Are they, uh, women? Uh, one woman, one man. Oh, okay. I was oh, gonna, so there are I was... only two of them. Okay. Um, <laughs> There's there's like a couple other people that come less frequently. Are they Korea boos? Um, maybe. Yeah, kind of. Well, uh, not all of them, but <laughs> but maybe I mean, a handful. Like, the whole like gender ratios is a thing we can get into later. It's a fascinating and very important uh, angle to all this. But uh, John, going back to, to you, back in like California, what were you? Who are you hanging out with? Also, I just want to say, to be fair, part of it is that we just have a lot of fun, and people kind of know that, so they want to come hang out. I see. So I don't think it's just like a Korea boo thing, though. I do think that plays a role. Um, I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying <laughs> it's okay. like a, it's out there. It's a thing. It's, now. it's, yeah. it's a it's a thing for yeah. sure. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, before I would say my friends groups generally have been pretty diverse. Um, in like high school, basically, I would say like high school and younger. Um, I was actually sort of like the odd one out. Most of my friends were white or black um, and not that many Asians, maybe one other Asian person. Um, And then when I went to college, that's when I first, well, I guess high school, senior year of high school was the very first time, but college was definitely the first time where I was like in a fully enclave like space where like if I only wanted to hang out with Asians, I could. Um, And that is kind of what happened not again not exclusively but it was a majority asian space i'll say mm-hmm. you know like 70 30 um, which was not the situation in high school no way in, yeah. in high school it's probably like 90 10 10 percent being asian mm-hmm. uh i mean like my middle school there was like it was a small school but there was three other like i can count on one hand the number of asian people in my in my class and one of them was half asian yeah did you did you feel any sense of 
just like like what like positive or negative feelings if you when your like social group became more asian as you went to college or was it just i'll i'll hang out with whoever and i don't care i think in college it was a little bit of that path of least resistance you know mm. it just happened very naturally like like other asian people were just friendlier to me right so like we would at, in contrast to other groups with an Asian dude, maybe like we'll talk for like 15 minutes, whatever, not even relate on anything particularly special or deep. We just got along. We just felt comfortable. And then, mm-hmm. you know, invitations to hang out would just, just spring forth right from there. Um, whereas in the past it might've been just a little bit slower or like I only connect with one person and that person is nice enough to include me and invite me out to, to further things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I formed friendships with other people in the group. But it definitely wasn't the same sense of just like immediate like, oh, damn, I feel at home. I feel comfortable. I don't I'm not second guessing myself on like what's appropriate or what's acceptable. Uh, like, you know, like I've had this feeling where I've walked into, you know, I've been invited over to a house party and no one says hi no one offers me a drink. No one says like, Oh, yo, like we got beers in the fridge, help yourself, this and that. Whereas like I would roll up to an Asian party and people would be that kind. And it's the first time I've met them. People would be that kind and be like, yo, do you want a drink? Do you want to take a shot together right now? Like, <laughs> and, like and I, I, when you say that, I, I interpret that not to mean that you were getting some sort of racial freeze out. You're just saying that like in a, in a, in say a non-Asian, like a, let's say a white house party, that's just not what they did. Like they didn't greet any of their guests yeah. with that kind of thing, right? Am it's I- hard to say. I mean, it's hard to say. Some, you know, like I don't know all the relationships. So, like people that were greet, they were greeting. They probably were friends with. I assume um, it could be a racial freeze out. I don't really know. But what I do know is that my experience in Asian spaces with Asian groups were radically different, and that's why I I found myself gravitating towards them. Right. I can I can relate to that as well. My question to you is, did that piss you off in any way? Especially since you're in California. This is a place that purports to be very progressive and open-minded, yet you feel this obvious gulf in how you're uh, being treated. Uh, Did that kind of piss you off in any way? Because it pissed me off when I was in college. I'll talk about it maybe after you, but uh, I want to hear how you felt. Um, I don't think it... I don't... At least immediately, you know, initially... I wasn't pissed off. I was happy, right? There was a sense of relief Mm -hmm. um, growing up because of some of those difficulties and possibly due to racism. um, You know, there's that that lingering question of like, oh, am I the weird one? Like, what am I doing wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then as soon as I experienced that kind of like immediate comfort and welcoming welcoming vibes, um, I was just like, oh, it's not me. it's like maybe it wasn't them either, but for whatever reason, there was a mismatch. And this is how smooth and comfortable it can be. So first, it was a sense of relief. Later, when I thought about it a little bit more, kind of like, oh, this is how much fun I could have been having. Yeah, I mm-hmm. guess maybe there's a little bit feeling of resentment or frustration, but... Wait, what do you mean by that? Like, if this is how much fun you could have been having with, like, mixed you know, non-Asian crowd, but they, there was a, but they weren't extending that to you or you were, you, you should have been hanging out with the Asians this whole time. What do you mean by that? Um, yeah. Like, I, I guess like before in non-Asian groups, I felt like a tag along, you know, um, never knew where the next spot was, never knew like what the deal, what the plan was, you know, like, I'd have like one or two friends that was that were cool enough with me, and every time we would like go to the next party or go to the first party or whatever, they would let me know. By comparison, dude, like you know, like I was in the group chat with with the Asian groups, right? Right. I so I knew right away, like even from the beginning of the night, I know what the plan is. We're gonna go to this house party, and then somebody, you know, Alex is throwing a house party later on that night. So, so it's, it's a little of both. It sounds like it's yeah, a little of both. A little bit yeah. of both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I think, um, yeah, especially I think 
when you're that young and you're at a like shallow place like like college, I think everyone's just sizing you up. Like what what can I get out of you? Like what is the social benefit I get out of being friends with you? Especially if I mean you have your core group of friends, obviously, whom you genuinely like. But you know if you kind of especially if you're like part of some like going out crowd, and I think especially uh, back when we were in colleges like you know the 2000s that era i think if you are uh like an asian american guy if you're unless you're an asian crowd i think most people look at you and be like you're you don't bring anything to this group so we're going to treat you like as you said a tag along that's exactly how i often felt and as i said when i was in college i really i really tried i really did not like hanging out with asian americans in Mm -hmm. in college i hung out with like korean internationals okay uh, when i could because i always thought they I just hated that that nervous energy I ever I could sense whenever um, I was with Asian Americans. Like, yeah. like nobody really wants to be here. We're just here because like nobody else will. Oh, interesting. Kind of like take us. It's that it's that nervous ivy. See, I didn't feel that though. I I, did, I yeah. never got it. Also, sense like we that. were on opposite coasts, and uh, maybe uh, that had something to do. Well, with you it. were also in an elite school. Oh, sure. I think that's but, the bigger uh, deal because I was on the East Coast too, and it wasn't like that. Okay. We weren't in an elite school. Yeah. Right. There so, could be a demographic. There is definitely a, a demographic. Yeah, self, thing. Some self selection yeah. going yeah. on there. Yeah. So, with like the Korean internationals, I got the sense that there, there was a unifying principle that brought them all together that wasn't like a negative principle. Like, we're just here because we just had nowhere else to go. It was like, no, we were Korean. We like speaking Korean. We like doing Korean things. And there was some kind of. Like 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 a like a positive mindset. I don't mean that in like a happy way, but you know something they put forth, and I liked being around that. But about among, among the Asian Americans, I I wasn't too like crazy about. It, but I also felt that sense of, yeah, when I w- was with Asian Americans, I like I didn't even have to do anything, and, and I felt like a somebody. But yeah, uh, with non Asians, it was like I was trying my hardest to just you know let impress me ask you, people. And let me ask you nowhere. though, like how complicit were you in that nervous energy though? Because it's like. If you hated being around them, you probably were giving off that same nervous energy yourself, you know? Like, is it... Or, yeah, or some kind of energy. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, probably. But I don't think I was, like, that unique in, in doing that. I, I don't think I was among a bunch of very, you know, well-adjusted, cool-minded people that were kind of like... Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, but and- I mean, like, is it is it just because the environment just wasn't chill, you know? Cause like, I think you had said before about college, like you were in this race to like experience it all. You wanted to pack in like the totally full, you know, East coast Ivy league experience into your four short years there. And if you were going to blow it, hanging out with, um, you know, the Asian kids in Asian culture club or whatever for four years, that would not amount to maximizing your, time there you know was it was it something like that or i mean i would have been down to to hang out with them if as i said i it didn't feel like they were just you know there was just a sense of um kind of like that the kids weren't picked for the team that 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 was a sense i got you got that herald herald uh energy at princeton yeah (laughs) <laughs> and by 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 senior year, I actually started hanging out with a lot of uh, like like Indian Americans, and uh-huh. you could just tell like they had something called SASA, which was like the South Asian Students Association, and there was like a Asian American equivalent, and and the SASA stuff was always way more fun because it I don't know it was just it felt like everybody really wanted to be there, and maybe you could say yeah it's because with like South Asians um they were kind of like especially when it comes to like gender stuff, neither gender really felt that accepted. So maybe they were both there because they felt nobody was there, but it was at least equal. Whereas with the Asian American stuff, especially when it comes to like gender things, it really felt like, well, the guys were there because nobody else wanted them. And, and the, you know, half the girls, you know, wanted to go out, hang out with like, you know, like the rich hipsters or, or frat sorority people or, or whatever. And then the guys had nowhere else to go. So they were just lucky that there were any women there, period. And I just hated that. <laughs> just hated that feeling so i just i just avoided avoided that um but then in l- later law school it changed i really want to hang out with asian americans that kind of ended badly but we, we can we can uh, get to that later but that was me in my like late teens early 20s circa like mid 2000s to late 2000s there's one other one thing too is like it's not i, I think somebody could hear this and kind of mistakenly think like oh you're just comfortable because you look the same or whatever, but a, a big component was like 
I think I forgot. I think teen, you said this, like doing Asian things, right? When I hang out with other groups, it's like, oh, we're going to go get cheeseburgers, fries, or like whatever, right? Whereas you hang out with Asians, like the things that we were doing were things that I want, like I would have preferred to do. So if you gave me an option, like let's say it was just a complete diverse, you know, completely diverse group. And you're like, we've got these two things. Uh, people who want burgers and fries go over here. People who want to go eat, I don't know, whatever, like Spam Musubis and Ramen go over here. I would choose to go eat Spam Musubis and Ramen <laughs> and I would end up naturally in a majority Asian space. You know, with time, like I, I f- totally, I agree with that. Like we in college, you know, like my white, the white friends that I had were like very white, you know, and, and also they weren't separate groups. Like the Asian friends that I became, and they're like my, the ones I made in college are now like, you know, my closest, oldest friends. And, you know, we're still in touch and it, we're almost feel like we're, you know, brothers to some extent, but it's like the white, the non-Asian, uh, it wasn't just, it certainly wasn't just white, but the non-Asian friends that I had were also friends with them. Like we were all kind of in this sort of in the same group. Uh, and we segregated ourselves because we just got on with each other better and like to do, like you said, Asian shit. Like we would go to the Vietnamese restaurants and, you know, um, I think that was about the only Asian thing we really did. <laughs> right. Go to raves, go do some street racing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a West Coast Asian thing. We did East Coast Asians didn't do that. <laughs> but uh but but um but uh uh well not not as a dominant like, you know, Asian culture thing. Yeah. But right. but but what I with time, you know, I got to say like uh it's funny cuz I feel like I had a very very different experience with this than Chris, you did, and I do think it has to do with the uh, culture of like an elite uh, Ivy League for undergrad, which is a very, very different environment than a, a large state school like the one I went to. That you know had it it ran the gamut from like you know really good students, like you know they kind of try to segregate the really good students into the same dorm and stuff. That's why I feel like it should be abolished, but yes, continue. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they did put all the smart kids together and then that was, that was the basis of our friend, our friend out metaverse or whatever. Uh, and, um, we, we just metaverse. didn't have, I didn't, I didn't go there thinking like I had to maximize my time at the university of Maryland college park. You know, I was just like, I hear I'm here now. Like there is no quintessential, experience that i'm chasing after so i honestly didn't have the burden of expectations that is heaped upon young people who end up going to really really top schools and i do feel like that was a kind of a freedom uh that i had and then so with time i look back and jong like to what you said i think i realized that it was more than that uh what i noticed is like with my asian friends that they were just a little bit more uh the way we interacted with each other tended to be we treated each other better <laughs> than uh-huh. I think a lot of non-Asian people treated each other. Not huh. to say that non-Asian people didn't treat each other well, but there was a certain level of like, um, uh, of, of, oh, how do like just politeness that even we, even as close friends, we would extend to each other. Uh-huh. And we like, we legit cared about each other. Like if someone was in trouble, we were like legit, help and try to be they were dependable yeah and i think that extended in some ways from like how we saw our parents interacting with their friends you know and i think it was the age the the first gen parent thing like growing up in an immigrant family because i I, Uh I, did i did feel this connection sometimes with non-asian uh children of immigrants you know like say like arab kids that you know grew up with in a for in a with first gen immigrant parents yeah, and there was just a certain decorum that we showed each other. That when I was with like non-white people, uh, non-Asian people, um, it just felt a little rough. Like they didn't, they were quicker to offend me, not on a racial basis. I didn't, feel, like, I never got the sense of like racial lockout, to be honest. But I was just like, oh, this is how y'all are. All right, let me ask you because I I totally agree with that. Uh, but 
especially in my case, when I was in college, why, and I think we can all agree that there are a lot of Asian Americans who see having all Asian social circle as some kind of personal failure, some shortcoming of their, yes. I don't know, personal charisma or likability. But I think all of them would have to admit when they hang out with Asians, they get treated better. So why do you think that actually is not, logically speaking, you should be want to be with the people who treat you the best. That's, Correct. That's Correct. a basic survival instinct. Yet so many <laughs> Asian Americans run away from that. And in fact, when they get treated badly, especially by like white people, they just crave acceptance more and then they write shitty articles and, and novels and movies about how sad it makes <laughs> yes. them. So yeah. why do you think that is? Well, okay. Uh, well, let me flip the script on that a little bit, which is that, it, like, again, I don't think I was getting treated poorly. Like, I don't think that they were treating me poorly because I was Asian. I, I honestly feel like my expectations were higher as an Asian person with immigrant parents as to how friends treated you. And it's not like they were bad friends, these non-Asian people. It's just like, I didn't feel like they were dependable in the quite the same way that my Asian friends were, right? So I ended up with my Asian friends more. Now the question is, uh, why this, uh, you're asking why this um, uh, compulsion to uh, try and branch out from your Asian friends who treat you so well. And I don't know, for me, I can't speak for the blue checks. I mean, that's that's its own thing, you know? And I think that is a product of maybe being more on the elite path uh, with more ambition than I had, which I was not never like a truly ambitious person um, <clears throat> in, a, in a like a career-driven way. But like, I think that for me, like I said, going back to what I was really saying was like, I just was worried I was getting too comfortable. That's all. Like, you know, like I, I was like, wait, I should at least like try to date someone who's not Asian, you know? So I, I did that. I was like, I should at least try and, you know, party with non-Asian people. So we did that. In fact, there were times when I was like, it's not that I want to escape my Asian friends. I was like, we as this subgroup of Asian people within a larger social context, we should probably let's go out and join them. And we'll go out to concerts with them. We'll go out to like the art attack thing on the you know mall and we'll go party in like a larger environment. So Sometimes like I or another one of my friends would drag the rest of us out to go to those larger things. Yeah. If that makes sense. So it, it, that makes I, sense. I just want to flip the script a little bit to be like, I'm caught between hanging out with the dorks who treat me well, but have no social value versus the white people who treat me like shit, but they're cool. I don't know if that honestly, I don't know. I Because I'm just not familiar with that terrain. But it really feels like that is a social environment that is a very elite form of um, class and racial hierarchy that I did not experience at a big open state school. I don't know, Jong, if you know what I'm talking about, but it sounds like maybe UC Riverside was a bit more like that or uh, I don't know. More like a what elite. I'm talking about versus like, you know, oh, here's the Asian dorks and then the white. Cool oh, people. yeah. No, my friends were we're not dorks. Right. Uh, they, they were, we, we were yeah. getting in trouble left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's good though. Like I agree with you. Even if you're hanging out with an all Asian group, like go out, right. Go out and see um, what, what else is out there together. And then, you know, you've got dependable friends. So there's a quick note on the dependable friends part. Like I, I don't, you know, I like I get into conflicts often, but they rarely turn physical. You know, I'm usually able to diffuse them verbally, but the few times that it has come up to that extent, it was always my Asian friends that would jump in or step in or like otherwise actually be there. Mm. Whereas like a lot of my other friends, you know, like they would say, they would say like, Hey, we got your back, this and that, but they were never, never there. Mm. A bunch of pussies. Wait a minute. Are you saying like, let's talk fights within the friend group or when you're out and some when i'm out and about okay. and it, it ironically like it might even be to... other asians that are trying to fight me right but right. regardless they're there yeah mm-hmm. um and that's not it's the entirety of cases you know i've had non-asian people like jump into fights with me too just more often than not um like they're the exception mm-hmm. and um anyway just a quick note on the dependability part yeah. Um, it reminds me of that. It reminds me of that Chappelle joke, you know, when he's like, "I'm not smoking with white people anymore because they just they do fucked up shit." Yeah, they just do gay shit to each other. Yeah, yeah they'll yeah. like stick yeah. a carrot in your 
ass or whatever. Like, <laughs> he was like, pass out. what is yes. this crap? You know, and I don't think he ever said in that joke that they did it to him because he was black. He was just like, that's just what white people do. I'm not right, with that right. stuff, you know, and there was a level of, I don't know, when I was at white parties, I like, sometimes they got a little bit crazy and I'm like, this isn't fun. And like, people are not treating me weird because I'm Asian. Like, here's the thing, like, again, like with, uh, you know, maybe this is a state school thing, but like, it's pretty diverse in a real way. I mean, like these parties are diverse. Like it was not like a white party with a few yeah. Asian people. It was like, it was just everyone, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I didn't, even though it was like minority Asian, you know, the scenes were minority Asian, but, but it was also a pluralism where like, it wasn't like it was us. And then a whole sea of white people. It was just all mixed up. Um, so that, yeah, that was a different, that's a different setting, you know, Riverside is, was fairly diverse. And, um, one interesting thing on the note about like, like kind of broadening your horizons, right. There's an interesting dynamic I did notice between the Asian Americans or just Americans at the, in this language group, um, and the Asian internationals, right. A lot of the Americans, wanted to like keep going to K-Town, keep doing Korean things because like we're going there for that experience, right? We're trying to practice our Korean. We want to be more immersed in it. We want to get in touch with the culture. Um, so we're going to drink soju and we're going to go get like KBBQ and all that. But the Asian internationals, right? They're coming from a different perspective. They're like, I know yeah. all that. I've mm-hmm. grew up there. And I'm like, I'm down to in, in, like indulge in it because we love it. It's fun. We like the food. We like the the culture. But there were definitely a couple moments where like I would hang out with an Asian international aside from the group. And like we would go somewhere else in New York and go check out a different scene. And they'd be like, oh, this is really refreshing. You know, it's like nice not to be hanging out. Wait, wait, wait. Say that. You say say go on in New York? What? Like going out in New York, like going. Oh, you mean like currently, like hanging out with internationals currently? Currently. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about college. Gotcha. Sorry, okay. sorry, sorry. Yeah. 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 Currently, um, you know, from the from an Asian internationalist perspective, they're like, yeah, we came to America to see things that we can't see in Korea. So, like, right, why would right. we go drink soju and play all the same games and eat all the same food? We want to see something different. Exactly. So, yeah. uh, somewhat related to this, I once, um, I guess it was a couple few years ago, I went on this date with this woman. She was like a Korean international. She came to like the U.S. like I don't know, like several years ago. And then I told her about this tattoo idea I had that I wanted to get. And then I wanted to get a bugunga, which is like the, the Rose of Sharon, which is a national flower of Korea. And she was like, rolled her eyes and she's like, why does every Korean American guy want to get that? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn. Um, I guess That's it's funny. lame. And she, I think it was good that she said that or else I might have gotten it and been forever lame. But I, th- I think that's kind of the equivalent if you're like a Korean person. It's like... It's like, I guess it's like the equivalent of an American person getting a, a bald eagle on them. Like that's very, uh, very cliche. But anyway, I mean, a lot of a lot of Americans do ha- have bald eagles and like the flag. Yeah, and, 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 all and that. you know, the, it, it never really looks good, right? It's, you know, I but, actually had a very not a negative experience with. I, I became fairly close friends for a brief period uh, with a Korean guy from like Korea, like a, a Korean international guy, and he was in my major, and we, we had a really hard major. I was a, I was electrical engineering. And um, he was like from a pretty wealthy family uh, and was, you know, he was like kind of, you know, I'm sure he kind of like wasn't the greatest student in Korea. So they like sent him to the U.S., that kind of thing. (laughs) And um, he like I I could tell he wanted he needed my help to keep up, but I didn't really mind that because I'm like, I'm happy to help people out a little bit, you know, and he was a nice guy. But uh, one was I could he, he. I was interested in him because he was so bizarre that I just, there were things that he would do as like a wealthy Korean guy that just sort of blew my mind. Like I didn't understand this, but like there were girls from Korea who would fly from Korea to Maryland, fucking Maryland to meet him because they were, they were like, and he met him like on the internet. And this was back in like the nineties. And uh, to audition, basically, to be his woman, you know, I was like, damn. So he no, called me one son. time. That's called a son. Yeah. What, oh, is that? It's, it's a thing. OK, so it, he it, yeah. he told I mean, me. I mean, to, it's kind of like kind of like a like a like a, a it's like kind of like matchmaking where you're set up on a, a very like serious first date with the 
prospect of marriage and if you like each other you head down that road but anyway, i see continue. because he was not taking this seriously right he thought that it, he was he so he invited me over one time he was like yo this girl this girl's coming out to meet me do you want to come over and she's going to make us dinner and stuff and i went over and she cooked us dinner like a really nice korean Wait, dinner on a, on a first date okay yeah no she was staying with him she flew all the way to Maryland and was staying with him. All right, all right. That, that's like a social tier that I'm not familiar with. Like, yeah, so. <laughs> and and then she cooked dinner for us, and then uh, I was ready to like you know sit down and, and talk to this girl, and you know, and then she just went to his bedroom and let the two of us eat dinner together. I was like, holy shit, she's not eating with us. He's like, no. And then uh, later, um, he. He would do like I think he was doing this almost as a flex. He would be like, "Hey, hey, Teen, do you want to see a Korean porn?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do." <laughs> and so <laughs> he told her to come out and put a VHS tape. It she had it on her, and then she put it in. What? And then uh, and then we all up. sat. What is this shit? I don't know. We all sat around watching this like porno VHS tape. This is the nineties, and. She lit our cigarettes and stuff. And I was like, am I at a hostess bar or what the fuck is going on here? That's kind of weird. Yeah, it was crazy. And then he was, I think he was just sort of showing off to me. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is how I do it. I'm a, you know, I'm not like you. I'm like a, you know. I'm a con, you know, this is what cons get. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And then, uh, and then he, and then over time I was like, you know what? He's asking, he's asking, he's relying on me a lot for like homework and shit. (laughs) And then one time he got like, arrested for dui and called me frantically to try and help him and shit and then by the time i was like able to you know figure out what to do i was trying to call him back and then didn't he didn't pick up and then then i didn't hear from him and then the next day when i saw him he was like oh yeah i got it figured out I'm like, yo why don't you fucking call me man like i was trying to <laughs> figure out what to do for you he was like oh sorry like these international students i thought were just kind of dicks Huh. Uh, like I could not form like a true friendship with these people. One, cause they were going to leave the United States and two, they were, yeah. on a different, they were on a totally different level, totally different social level, totally different expectations. They did not see me as their peer or equal or anything like that. You know, he, that, I was just a, a, a temporary blip on his path towards landing a job at his dad's company or whatever the fuck was going on. I have no idea. There, there's that line, oh, the great gas where they're like, yeah, the rich just like break things and they just, leave without a care and yeah they, he didn't give a shit about the friendship yeah. right like uh so i just yeah. told him to fuck off because i was like that's bullshit he was shocked he was shocked that i talked to him that way i'm like yeah but you're a punk ass bitch fuck you. <laughs> you know? uh, speaking of elites uh, teen you were talking earlier about like the difference between this elite or i think more accurately like elite aspiring mentality and i i think that is true because we like we've talked many times about this elite liberal project of always wanting to transcend what they think are these primitive tribal boundaries that, you know, defined by race, religion, ethnicity, uh, whatever. And they kind of want to create this super class of diverse elites. And I think that is exactly what a, a lot of like, you know, Asian American blue checks or, uh, you know, just, if you're in or like me or the environment I was in, I think that's why Asian Americans are so, a lot of them are so embarrassed when when they're with when they're seen as being too Asian because they, it is um, this thing they got to shed in order to be part of, of the true elite class. And yeah. So what do you guys so think what, about that? Chris, going way back to like when I first met you mm-hmm. down at, at that bar Goto, right? Bar were Goto? you, were you still adjusting yourself to like having, or to have to the idea of like having other Asian American friends or was that already like, where were you in terms of that? Okay, so uh, I mentioned law school. So, okay, uh, I'll kind of go back. So, you know, in college, uh, you know, as I said, I was trying to avoid Asian Americans. I, I kind of like hang out with Korean internationals, but I was in the whole like, uh, I mean, this is like mid to late 2000s, uh, you know, Obama era type of bullshit. Yeah. And, you know, by the end of college, I was like totally burned out on it because I'm like, okay, this thing that I believed in is clearly bullshit, but I don't. I can't quite express it. I don't know what's going on. Then going to Korea for a couple of years, I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about it many times on the pod, but that was a real like reset for my mind. So then I come back to America. I'm like, I'm, you know what? My mindset changed. I really want to kind of like take ownership of Asian America. So I, I go to law school and I'm like involved in a PALSA, which is the Asian Pacific American Law Students Association. Like from day one, I get voted in as one of like the 1L reps because they think I'm so 
into it and everything. And I actually had a really good time uh, first year. The, the two classes of Asian Americans above me, they were actually, I, when I think of like Asian Americans, I mean, not all of them are that great, but I, to, at that time, they, they seemed like they genuinely liked being around each other. They were a lot of fun. They were really, you know, accomplished and they just seemed like cool people. And then I, I really got involved with the group, but it was just, by the end, I was just like, fuck this shit. It was just, I, I don't know if it was because it's law school and just tends to attract just very, I was basically looking for plan A type people in law school, which is a total uh, what does that mean? starter. Like, like wait. I remember trying to, I mean, this was also like early 2000, 2010. So I, I was at a total uh, shit lip back then, but I, you know, I wanted to, I wanted like a policy to be more political, especially in terms of like Asian American issues and stuff, but people didn't care. They just wanted to, you know, get jobs and then go Instagram their, you know, expensive dinners once they got uh, so there. So they're kind of basic, kind of They're kind of <laughs> basic. And yeah. I just thought that, especially especially like the guys, I, I thought, uh, especially my year, I mean, hopefully none of them listen to this, but whatever, I'm not friends with them anyway. I just thought they were really pathetic just because <laughs> they just had no fire in them. You know, it's not like, I wanted them to be like big swinging dicks, but I, I just thought you, you're you're just total non-entities. Um, and it was a, I think it was a big contrast with the women. I thought the like Asian American female students uh, were, you know, they they were out and about. They were doing things. They they seemed to really be full of life and energy. And I just look at the guys, and they were just these like sad sack loser types. And I, again, I think it was just really you got your year. law school didn't have any like alpha Asian dudes like well they were more I think of the years above me which which made me excited about Apostle oh, but then okay. in my year total zeros and then in the years below me it was, they were better but also um, oh, so you got a bad year <laughs> yeah I, I got dealt a shit hand it, it was oh, crappy because um, my year was like my my class was like full of alpha Asian dudes, gunners, fucking. Right, right. Huh. And, and the thing yeah. about law school is like, that was the first time I was, because I grew up in Vancouver, which is, you know, very Asian. Uh, went to a college that, you know, is about somewhere between like 15-ish percent Asian. So, you know, not small. But you go to law school, like, because the class sizes are so small, Asian students were maybe like somewhere between like 15 so one or two people can really make a difference, like either way, like a couple of total, like, as I said, zeros can make or break a class or you might get a bunch of really like interesting, cool people and, and whatever. So oh, I, I think there were just big swings because the sample size is so small. So by the end of law school, I, I, I like, I really, I, I was president of Apulsa, uh by three up, but I, I hated the job by the end. I just thought, um, yeah, for, for various reasons. And then I leave. And then, but as I said, I still wanted to connect with Asian America, which is why I think I became so active on like Reddit and stuff, which is how I met you, find people. And, you know, Plan A was really my first time um, having like Asian American friends, like second generation Asian American friends, not Asian internationals. Right, right. Um, well, in high school, a lot of my friends were like second generation Filipino Canadians, but th that was also kind of different because they did identify as Asian, but there was a sense that it was slightly different from say, you know, what we call the hongers <laughs> or the fobs or something. They were a little different. So it was like my first time having like <laughs> 2G yellow friends. I could, was to be honest, I asked that question because I could kind of tell because, and I'm not, this is, I'm not faulting you for this because meeting people off the internet, especially from a place like Reddit where, you know, it's like about how to screen name. You don't know what the fuck you're looking at, but there definitely was like a, is this one of those weirdo Asian guys? Yeah. Or just <laughs> weirdos was, in general. Yeah. I saw Chris. I was like, Hey Chris. And he was like, uh huh. He was like, uh, what's he about? What? <laughs> Wait, what'd you think I was? Just that guy. I was I was like, oh that he's the, I was like, the, I figured, I don't know. There was something about it. Guy. I was like, yeah, I was like, I, I get the feeling like he doesn't hang out with a ton of Asian guys because it's a uh, there's that he, there was a little bit to be honest, I think there was a little bit of that thing, I guess, sometimes in the office with some Asian dudes sometimes where they're like eyeing you a little bit, where some see it's it's tricky now because See, I'm different now than I am. I used to be a little bit that way at work because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to get here. I'm not controlling the Asian environment here, right? It's imposed upon mm -hmm. me. And yeah. I don't know what I'm going to get because I've run into some assholes or some weirdos before. 
uh, and they get, I mean, and specifically around the issue of race, right? And so I learned to have a little bit of like, um, uh, and this definitely applied with women too, you know, like I definitely had my guard up with Asians, but I tried to lower them as quickly as possible with them. Wait, and, so did you mm-hmm. did you think I was some like self hating sellout? No, I figured you oh. were worried that I was for a weirdo. Like I was like I could tell that you oh. probably thought I was worried that I was a weirdo or like a thing. You know, like are you are you like this like pathetic old Asian guy who can't get over the the weird you know the racial <laughs> hangups and stuff that kind of thing. But I could tell that that I mean I was like yeah I would if I were you in your shoes I would probably wonder the same thing too. You know, no, but, I knew you were cool because you like girls. The show, not Wait, the not show. Like, uh, the show. <laughs> He's not being homophobic, people. Yeah. Like, oh, hold um, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, no, I was gonna say something. You you brought up. okay. No, yeah, that, that I can relate to that because one of the reasons I avoided Asian Americans was at least if I hang out with non-Asians, they can. I mean, they can disappoint me, but they can never disappoint me like an Asian American. Like, especially if you're like hanging out with Asian Americans and. Um, you hear somebody say something like self-deprecating or whatever, it, especially when it comes to like dating stuff, you're just like, oh God, this is, I'm trapped in this. I got to spend like another like one or two hours at this party or hang well, out. Like what would they say that, what would be an example of something that would be, uh, <sighs> all right. So here, here's an example. Ruin so, your night. <laughs> so what is it? Uh, so in, in law school, uh, in Apalsa, every year we would take a trip down to Atlantic city. Uh, that's cool. And, Festive. I guess up to Atlantic City. Mm -hmm. And this one night, we all go to a club. And then this one guy, I won't name names. I'm sure he doesn't listen to this pod. But uh, he, like, um, one of the, like, women in the group helped him kind of hook up with this other girl at the club. And I think... part of the group or not part of the group? No, she wasn't part of the group. Okay. And he was over the moon uh, because that happened. And (laughs) I I think on on the way back, we're in some, like, van, taxi... And I'm sure he was drunk and he was telling, he was like going on and on about all oh, this, like, this never happened to me. Uh, and, you know, cause like girls don't like me. And then he's like, starts, you know, complaining about like, you know, like Asian girls don't like Asian guys and stuff. And, and uh, I, I like, and I found this guy so annoying even before that. Yeah. Like I did not like this guy. <laughs> and for him to now be saying this, just, it was just, it just, it was just like, like I, I, I wanted to be like, you, what you're saying is right, but you're not, like a good spokesperson to say that because you're really really annoying and um for all the righteous things you're saying um whether male or female a lot of people have good reason to to not like want to be around you i mean things like that it's just like there's always a threat of, of shit like that happening so i'm like i'm just gonna remove myself from this uh at least that was my mentality in college and then as i said i changed when i got back to law when i went to law school but then i run into shit like that and it's just oh god um but again, as I said, I, re- I did want to find my, I knew there were good Asian Americans out there who were like smart and, you know, cool and not cool in the, in the shallow sense, but, you know, just like interesting people. Luckily, I found it through Plan A. And what's been really good about Plan A is that it's like a self-filtering process. Anybody we meet through it, I already know I can trust these people. Uh, more or less. Because oh yeah, because we've put out so many things that would piss off the the exactly wrong people. It's, it's like gray, they, they couldn't get through any of the yeah, shit that we put it's like up. A, it's like a great Brita filter. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, we get the best best water. We get the best water because of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, one question, Chris. The you said that you had like a kind of like a Filipino Canadian friend group. Yeah. Um, was it? Were, were you like the one non-Filipino? And everybody else. Yeah, was yeah they and, like basically made me like an honorary Filipino. Cool. Um, in that sense, did it feel less like an Asian American or Asian Canadian group, right? Whereas, like, because like my friend groups were not exclusively one ethnicity. Like, we get like Vietnamese, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, Filipino, right, right. like, like all sorts. And in that sense, that it was more Asian American than mm-hmm. some specific Asian. Is that kind of? Do you think that? Yeah, I guess it was definitely like monocultural because everybody, almost except me, was Filipino. But also, they weren't like that. They they were like pretty well assimilated types. Um, In fact, what kind of brought me together with some of them was like we kind of had the same taste in music. We all like a lot of them were on the football team. That's kind of how uh, we bonded. Uh, So. 
you know, they were more or less very Canadian, but they also had a, you know, a lot of Filipino-ness to them that, See, that I liked. Jung, this is this is what I was trying to say on that regionalism pod, which is I don't think y'all are Asian Americans. I think y'all are Asian Californians. And that is its own identity because the East Coast was very where I grew up was very diverse. We had all those groups. We had I had uh Vietnamese friends, Filipino friends or acquaintances, I would say. Um I had Korean friends and I had Chinese friends. But they were all separate. Like the when I hung out with the Korean friends, I was like the only Chinese person there. And uh, my Chinese friend group, like we didn't. Occasionally, we had like Vietnamese, but they were like Vietnamese Chinese, and so the different ethnicities were pretty segregated. And Koreans, where I came from, like had a very different sort of social trajectory than Chinese. Like Chinese were more homebodies relative to Koreans who were a bit more ratchet and more daring. Uh, so I don't know if that's is ringing huh. a bell with you at all, but that's, um, that's how we were. I don't know if I have any sort of, no, I, I don't, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that necessarily rings a bell. If anything, the Koreans I knew were more preppy and like went to church and all that. But, okay. um, but I would say that, I mean, one, I'm totally fine. I like, I'm, I could see this concept of like Asian Californian, uh, especially from an East Coast perspective, mm-hmm. but like even even here, um, you know, there are Asian, there are like friend, like kind of loosely affiliated friend groups outside of this language group that I'm close to, uh, and you know, there's a there's a, I guess not as large of a mixture of ethnicities. Um, I would say like predominantly Chinese and Korean. Um, but still, you know, a mixture. It's not there's there's no one ethnic group that dominates, and so I don't know. Maybe maybe that's an Asian New York scene. I don't know, but whatever. You, I mean, the way you describe California to me is very cool. I mean, that I do, I do think I was missing that, and I I, I feel like that is one thing about California that I really do like is how there's like a sort of overarching camaraderie between different. Asian groups that's not because there's scenes that they share there's you know what I mean like there's a culture that they share that's I think in endogenous to uh California to the west coast and it seems like they're proud of that and so they share that space whereas in the east coast I just don't I think it's like it's just it's it's diverse but it's not diverse within some Asian superset I see like Chinese and Koreans will go their own way yeah, I don't know what yeah. it's like anymore, but when I was growing up, it was kind of like, yeah, Kore- the Koreans are off doing their thing. The that, Chinese are off doing their thing. You know, That might be more of a thing um, in L.A. You know, I don't know. I didn't grow up there, but at least in the in the Bay Area, there's like nobody has their own like home base anyway. Right. Like Chinatown exists, but people that's not necessarily like a home base. And so maybe there is kind of a greater tendency to just form uh, an Asian, a diverse Asian group, as opposed to maybe in LA, like if you wanted to, you could just stay in K-Town and that's a very Korean space. You know, uh, I don't really know where the SGV may be um, for Chinese. I'm not really familiar, but maybe there's an element of that at play. Yeah. See, I wonder, Chris, okay. Question to you, Chris, if you could do it all over again, would you still have gone to uh, Brown, or would you have gone, or an Ivy East Coast Ivy Elite School, or would you have maybe considered going to like a Berkeley or UC UCLA, you know that kind of thing? Or thing is, I I really like myself right now, so I think it's all That's part good. of the journey. Okay, <laughs> so fair enough. No, no, no. That's a I fair will... answer. But then, what what if you were giving yourself advice, you know, or someone? like like you advice um you mean like at that time or is it like nowadays yeah, like, like now but i mean they're basically confronting let's say what we've described to your let's just say your experience at brown is still the current thing that they would probably experience and the current ex- or the experience that jong had at um at a uc uh, would be illustrative of 
what they would experience at UC now. Right. Um, see, that, that's hard to say because you it's like... can't give it up, man. You can't give it up. Well, no, no. The thing is, like... <laughs> that's I, the power of the Ivy League. It's the power no, of the Ivy not, Leagues. No, it's not that because I said I like the person I ended up being, but I cannot trust other people to end up like me. What if it turned out to be like one of those like crappy blue checks? In mm. that case, I'd be like, oh, no, avoid this place like hell. Go, go to other places, but... Um, but I see, now think- that we're all such good friends, I'm going to call your shit out. Y- right. You do sound a little bit like the exceptional WMAF here because it sounds like th- this. What I'm saying is that as much as you denigrate um, elite Asian American culture, you did get something out of it yourself, though. Oh, right? for sure. I, I yeah. think I. Like that you don't want to give got, up, right? Yeah, precisely. Because if there there is. Um, and Berkeley has a very good law school. No, very true. Uh, like probably better than the one i went to but i got into columbia but i didn't get into bolt it's a very hard school to get into yeah the that is very true but wait wait what did you say Uh, that 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 i don't want to give it up yeah that there was something to that experience um the the and and not just and i don't think i don't say that just like oh you know to suffer is to be stronger or whatever no i think there's something about it you enjoy i think there's something about the brand of it the experience, the um, there was something about going to a preppy Ivy League school that mattered to you, and you you don't want to give it up, even though I think in a way you despise that culture. <laughs> and, no, no, precisely because and, I would not have, because it's like you, I would not have gotten the. Because, like, you know, like, some people, uh, they, they, they you know, they compliment, like, oh, you like you know these, like, blue check mind, you know how to criticize them so well. It's because I was very close to being one of them. Right. And I would not right. have gotten, it, it's like, you got to get into the mind of your enemy. And I would not have gotten <laughs> that, like, education had I not gone there. That's why I'm saying. Um, uh, yeah, okay, but is that is that it? Is that all that mattered to you was this ability to, uh, you know, get under the get under the hood of like Asian blue checks. Which I mean, there's more to it than that, time, right? right? But like, 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 what else would there be? Like, I don't, well, well the whole, the whole concept, the whole notion of being an Ivy league person with an Ivy league experience and the values and not necessarily the values, but like the, the, the that experience, there's something about that, you know, that culture and moment that appealed to you. I well, mean, for sure. Like at that, especially at that age, that was like, that's I really wanted to go there. That is definitely something that I that motivated me, especially throughout high school, like taking all those classes that I really had no interest in, and it it let me um, think of you know I, I can kind of get I mean, out don't of. You, I, I will say I think it like you know it gives you a it gives you a view into a you know into a class of American society that is not visible to someone who goes to a state school. You know, yeah, as for an sure. Example. Yeah, and, and that, that matters, right? That no, like, that, that matters a lot. Yeah. That matters, and you don't want to give that up, but you also kind of despise what you saw to, to an extent. I just find that interesting, and I and I just want to, you know, that's kind of what I wonder. Like, is that what this WMAF thing is about to some extent? Like, is it you know because because they're always criticized for like, well, if you hate it so much, why don't you just stop dating white? And I wonder if it's a similar, like, uh, or analogous thing where it's like, yes, I despise whiteness, but I, I can't give it up. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's a fair comparison or not, but I'm just trying to, uh, I'm not criticizing this. I get it. I, I think I get it to some extent, but I don't know if that makes any sense to what I'm saying, but. No, no, no. I, I, no, yeah. I get it. It's. Mm-hmm. Uh... I mean, I think it's a little bit extreme in the sense of like, I will never stop dating white. You can't make me quit it, <laughs> you know. Right. I'll never quit it's... this drug. Uh, it's a very different thing than saying, "Hey, would you go back in time and alter your path yeah. and go to you know a less, uh, you know, a more plebeian school, as yeah. it were." I think the comparison would be more fitting because the thing is, I like that that was like a one-time thing. I went to that school, and that's in the past. Whereas, let's say I was like pursuing a PhD or something, and for all the whining I did about. Yeah, I'm like I'm. I still want to go to like say Princeton to get my PhD. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would be more uh, of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, like I, I think by the time I went to law school, I, I went to like a, again another kind of like 
elite law school. But at that time, I was like, completely checked out of the the whole thing. I was able to get a job. It was just I because you know law school is much more. It's 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 less it's more mercenary than undergrad. Mm-hmm. There's no mm-hmm. there's no pretension. Oh, you gotta love your school. It's part of your identity. You're just there. You get to the highest rank school you can get, so you can get the highest paying job. That's yeah. basically why you go. And there. nobody so, really wants to be there. Like nobody really wants like, to be there. Fuck, I gotta get out of here. Anybody you know? who has too much pride in their law school, I'm instantly suspicious of. Like you have yes. no life. You have no <laughs> yeah. uh, I, sense of I real agree. self. Yeah, I agree. Chris is you're right, team. Chris is skeptical guy. Skeptical. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what skeptical guy? Uh, you you. You're a skeptical. Like you were just saying, like uh, if somebody has too much pride in their call it in their law school, then they're instantly, you know, you're instantly suspicious. Yeah, that's just what no. I but mean. see, I if I hear that, what I'll do is I have a I have a Columbia Law T-shirt. I'm just gonna wear that every time I see Chris. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen so? Actually, just recently, I saw someone in my neighborhood wear uh, like a Harvard shirt, and he was obviously like he wasn't like an old guy, but he was probably in his 30s or something. Like that, that's a really weird thing to do but it would be even more psychotic to wear a law school shirt that's just mm-hmm. real psycho shit like why would you do that that is hey forgot to do like, laundry this week see your last shirt in the closet it's like people already like don't like elite colleges now you got you not and people don't like lawyers now you got to put them together you're, just, like, you're putting a target on your back and no one and it's like you kind of brought it on yourself man <laughs> I think I think the other thing to think about. I was thinking about this because um, we did this pod about being married, and mm-hmm. um, I noticed like when we were talking about it, like we were framing everything in in the sense of like you know, hey, I get a lot out of this marriage, you know, or I get a lot out of it. And then when we talk about education and college, you know, experience, we also talk about like, well, I got a lot out of it. I got a lot out of it. But I think that's a little bit. I was thinking about this. It's actually. That's a very uh, inaccurate or biased way of putting it because I think in both cases with a relationship with another human being and a relationship with an institution that you are really fond of, like your alma mater, that it's two-way. You want to leave your mark there too, right? You didn't want to just be a nobody and just gazing through like an invisible you know, point in space and see what's going on. Like You wanted to participate in it, leave your mark in it relationships are like that it's not fair to just say like what you want out of it but it's also you know you leave you put into it too uh and so i don't know if that is see i never that's the thing that i never cared about at maryland like i never at a big state school there you're not there's no sense of like yeah you know i really care about this place i want to leave my mark here i don't know jung if you felt that way but i was just like it was kind of like a i'm here thing is it because it's so big that it's, it's so, so big. Yeah. It's just yeah. so fucking big. And there, it's not, it wasn't my dream. My dream wasn't to go there. This mm-hmm. isn't like fulfilling something. It's just something that happened to me. Yeah. And so it, you know, I don't have like a ton of like Maryland pride. Uh, I mean, I'm proud of the school, but I'm not like rah rah about it. I'm not saying, well, I guess you don't really have, feel that way about Brown either. But like when I think of Maryland, I just think of my friends and my personal. Yeah, experiences there. I don't think about the school. I don't think about the larger context of the the campus. Mm -hmm. Whereas, uh, and I'm not saying this in a negative way. I'm saying that it is different. That when you go to a uh, an elite reach school, you know, um, that it's more meaningful. Like you're like, I love this. And you know, when you go to like a really top school like you go to the campus you kind of fall in love with the campus and you're like oh my god i'm gonna be part of this you know this is incredible or it doesn't even have to be love it can also be hate it but it ends up living rent-free in your head yeah in a way that it doesn't attach yeah you're attached yeah. to identify for better with or for it. worse you're yeah. so yeah. Inve- you're yeah. invested yeah. you've become heavily invested into an institution and see that's something that i noticed from afar when i went to cl- the difference between going to a maryland and then showing up at the campus at columbia now i never uh presumed to think that the law school experience was anything like going there as an undergrad. I, I understood that, but I was close enough to it um, because it's a very small campus that I could feel its effects on me too. Right. Like I was like, I could understand if I was a younger person coming here that I would be overwhelmed by what I was surrounded by, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, whereas going to Maryland, I was like, Yo, it's super high school. <laughs> you know, it's it's high school too. You know, uh, so it is. Yeah, I I I think that there are these qualitative differences that apply to going to, um, like Jung. I think what no, it was Mike who said like 
most people in California, most Californians just assume they're going to go to a UC. It's just sort of yeah. like, that's just what you do. Except for a select few who like yearn to go to the Ivy Leagues. Pretty much. And they'll do that. You know? Pretty much. So, uh, Atina, I, I want to get back to something uh, you referenced oh. about. Oh, John, you want to add something? I was just gonna, yeah, I was just going to add on one thing. There is, um, I think, a bit of a class, I don't know about a divide, but sort of a segmentation though. Like UCs would be sort of uh, either your like a really good student academically and you have ambition. So you want to go to Cal UCLA and like kind of come out of it, or you're already coming from sort of like a middle-class family. Um, and so you feel like you're going to go see, but a lot of um, like maybe working class families may even see UCs out of reach and they would think like, Oh, I'm going to go to Cal state or something like that. Right. Right. Um, though there isn't a huge difference, but there is sort of, it's like, the Apple State School versus the Android State School. Uh, right, 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 right. Anyway, uh, Tina, I want to get to something you said about, uh, like, not, you said, like, screening for women. All right, uh, let me let me know what you guys think about this, like, mentality I have. So I've gotten to the point where, you know, I'm no longer that averse to hanging out with Asian Americans, especially if I've made them to planet because it's, like, a great uh, screening tool. But there is like a social situation I will avoid. And it's the situation where it's like a predominantly Asian American group, except the only gender that's diverse are the guys. So it's like all the women are Asian, but like you'll have a mix of Ooh, I don't like Asian, that. white, black, Indian, like Latino. And I'm just like... Not a fan. I, yeah, because... Okay, I'm, I'm glad you sympathize because yeah. that, that situation... Pretty clear I just, answer from him. <laughs> Uh, everyone's sorry, I, there I, for a similar purposes but there exactly. i think there's a competition and, going on and it's just